0: stir up the gift within you. And we're going to be focusing on that today. And um, if you have your Bibles, if you would, turn to, to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. Uh, 1 Corinthians is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church called Corinth, a, a church that the Bible says that, that Paul had mentioned. They were probably of all the churches that that, that he had the opportunity to minister to as the most gifted of all the churches. And um, But... Sometimes when there's great blessings, there can be great conflict too and, um, and and that's kind of what had happened in the Church of Corinth. They had been squabbling about who is the most important and that um, and, you know some of us are, are more important to the church than others. We have this particular gift and, and apparently, a letter was written to Paul with, with many other issues and, and Paul began to address those particular issues. And when he began to address the issue and and about the area, because you'll look if we read the first part of this now concerning spiritual gifts, he he begins to touch on that, but then he builds a a beautiful picture of who the church is. And that's what I want us to stop and I really want us to look at today because it applies to you and me very, very much today. And we're going to read that in just a moment. And together, if you have found 1 Corinthians, uh, the 10th chapter, uh, I mean twelfth chapter. We're going to be starting at verse one, but, but also I do want to mention to you, um, Brother Stanley had mentioned that I'd I forgot something within our announcements. I, I do just want to make you as a, as a church aware of is something that ever actually ever since we had built our uh, discipleship or our education or classroom buildings, um, we've you know we've always thought how can we best secure our buildings? How can we most protect everyone? children as well as adults and so we had something we had talked about for many years began to come to the table again and um, if you many of you because you've asked about it you've noticed that one um, well, in, in the hallways as well as in the classrooms there's there's little cameras and uh, something that we chose to do that we've put a, a, a camera in every every hallway and every um, in every classroom as well as in every closet not in the bathrooms and um, but the reason we do that is, is for safety. Um, we have a lot of people that comes in and out of our buildings, and so therefore we want to make sure that, that, um, that we are protected. And uh, we want to make sure that you're protected. We, In the area of our children, our little ones, the people that teach the children, we want to have a, a record. There, there should not be anything going on in a classroom that, that um, no one should, be, should have to apologize about. And so to protect the children, but it's also to, to protect the adult. Because if we have adults working with children, it doesn't make but one accusation to really destroy a person's character regardless of whether that accus- accusation is true or not. Um, also, we have times where there's 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 part of our building being used, another part, and, and it leaves a lot of open rooms up there. And um, and we just want to make sure that everyone is is behaving themselves, okay. And um, and so I do encourage you, uh, ladies or men, or you know, if you're in the hallway and you're trying to fix a blouse, you might need to go in the bathroom unless you um, want to check that. And again, we're not we're not doing that to intimidate. We're doing that specifically to make sure that um, we, we just make a higher level of, of security and protection um, for everyone that you can feel very, very comfortable about that. And, um, and so I thank God for our church council that, that, um, that really kind of drove this. And, um, and so, again, that's the number one thing is we want people to be safe at Rayford Road Church. So I'm just letting you know that as a church, and so if if it's um, not that there's been an issue, there's not been a promise, it's something we've talked about for a long, long time, and um, sometimes it takes a little time to get around to it, or we got around to it, so amen. Um, 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, I want you to stand with me as we read together. I want to read to you verse 1. I'll come back to verse 4 within our message and down, but then I want to read to you simply in verse 1. Then I want to pick back up in verse 12. Um, this is part of the series that I've been teaching through called Don't Waste Your Life, and so therefore it has this type of a background, this type of understanding. You can't separate what I'm saying today without the, the overall thought of not wasting our life. The Apostle Paul was writing to the Church of Corinth, apparently addressing some issues that had come up, and, and he writes these words in 1 Corinthians the 12th chapter. um, he said these words, now concerning spiritual gifts, again, he's, he's referring to something back that had apparently been asked of him, and he says, I would not have you to be ignorant. Wow, you know, ignorance is a terrible thing. And um, there's, there's, there's one thing about just not having knowledge, but when, when you don't seek that knowledge to find out. I had a pr- seminary professor one time that, that, you know, that made a statement, and he, he was just an old farm boy from Arkansas that... God used called to preach and then he got his doctorate as theology, one of my favorite professors. And he says, you know, there's something about Christians, even some pastors, he says, they he says, he says, they almost pray a prayer like, um, Lord make me ignorant or ignorant. He says, as almost they think that ignorance is a virtue. And he says, you know what? God has answered that prayer for most of them. God does not want us to be ignorant, he wants us to be informed. And um, and so therefore, he's saying concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be uninformed. You need to make yourself aware of this because it applies to the kingdom of God, but it also applies to you as an individual part of the body of Christ. I want to start down in verse 12, and then we'll come back um, to some of this passage. And and then he says, first, the body is one. He's speaking about the body of Christ. He's speaking about the church. For the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether it be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not of the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? And if the whole were the hearing, where would be the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one in them, in the body, as it has pleased him. But now there are many members, but yet one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the foot, that I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, And having given more abundant honor to that part which is lacked, that there should be no schism or no division within the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And whether one body suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, then all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the bodies of Christ and members. Or now you are the body of Christ and members in particular or individually. Let's pray. Father, I just, I just pray that you take these words this morning, and, and God, they're the words of life. God, they're words that can change lives. They're, they're, li- there's, they're words that can, can give value to lives. They're words, dear Father, that can absolutely direct our paths. They're words that, Father, can bring you glory. And I pray that's exactly what, what happens this morning, dear Father, that, God, that, that we could take these words that has been that they are your words that have been spoken, dear Father, through the, through, the, um, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, the God, that you would take them and use them to apply to our lives individually, also to our lives as a body. So bless this time, Lord, and, and use it for your glory. In Christ's name, amen. This is a message. Um, you, may be, you, you may have heard the title. You may have seen the outline and said, well, how? he's preached that before. Well, he has. And if you're around, he will preach it again. Because I believe that this is one of the more important type of a, a messages that, that we need as the body of Christ. As a matter of fact, the message and, that I'm going to be sharing with you today is an absolute passion of mine. Each of us, as whether we're pastors or leaders, that, that we have certain passions. And this is one of my passions. It's is about the body serving, as God has called it, to serve. And, and it's something that I won't write to, today as I've prayed that, God, that you would move upon hearts Like you've moved upon mine within the past. And so let me explain to you for just a moment why why there's such a passion within my life for for, for this particular passage, for this type of a message. You know, I admit to you that there's a lot of time in my Christian life that I, I really wasted my life for service to the Lord. I grew up in church, and the and, um, uh, very first memories I had was, was, was going back and forth to church and being at church. And, and um, at a young age, about 10, at 10 years old, doing a revival service, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And, and ever since that time that I knew without a doubt that, that I was a child of God. Uh, during my, my, my early you know, childhood, my teenage years, I tried to serve the Lord. But when I got in my later years, I began to wander. The world began to taste very good to me. And, um, again, church was not as important. As a matter of fact, the reason I went to those church, that church at that time was mom and daddy told me to. And mom and daddy's that's not a bad idea. Because I was the type of, you know, I was in a family that you went Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And um, if, you, if you lived under the roof of my mom and dad, you went to church. And I thank God for my mom and dad today. As I look back, again, there was that season of my life I wasn't crazy about it. I wanted to do other things, you know, hunting and fishing and skiing and, and those types of things that, you know, they, they seem to be, uh, seem to ha- work so much better on Sunday morning. But, but, God, but, but with my family, we went to church. When I went to college, I, I began to drift even more and, and, um, and never darkened a church Um, when I was at college other than when I came home because when I came home I was a college boy but again if I slept under mom and daddy's roof I went up and got went to church the next morning I'm trying to tell you something parents that's important because one thing that they did that they they simply taught me even though maybe I liked or not they told me there were some principles and practices that were very very important Wanda and I got married while we were in college, and we lived in Tallahassee for a while, and, and um, I was not a very good spiritual leader. As a matter of fact, I was a poor spiritual leader of our home. We went to a couple of churches there a few times, and, and, um, but we really did not involve ourselves in those churches, and, and probably the, the, the most faithful we were in churches when we came back and stayed with our family, because again, if you stayed in mom and daddy's house as a married man, you still went to church on, on, on Sunday. That was just expected of you, and I thank God for that. But as when we moved back and um, just sorting through things, as uh, I really begin to, to 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 pick up a very easily translation Bible, as a translation is a paraphrase called the Living Bible, and begin to read, and a matter of fact, this very book right here, 1 Corinthians, was probably the most convicting book in all the Bible to my soul because it seemed like it could have been First Johnny, because there were so many issues that I was having to deal with. I still went to church, basically because that was the expectation. You lived in a small town, everybody went to church, and so, you know, I needed to go to church, and so I'd really not thrown myself into it, but I did begin to be more faithful. But as I began to be more faithful, and sitting under Sunday school classes, such as, Glenn McKendree, Rodney's brother, the Holy Spirit began to move in my life. And I began to grow in Christ. But you know what? I never took that next step. You know, I began to go to church and even enjoy going to church. But I just sit on the, the pews. Because there was times there would be calls. You, we need people to step up and work with, with young men or boys. And, and I'd almost feel like that, that was, it was speaking to me. But, but, folks, I gave every excuse under the sun. I didn't have time to do that, I worked on Wednesday nights, even though I set my own schedule. Um, my life wasn't where it needed to be, you know, there were some things in my life I needed to clean up, and and um, I just made excuse after excuse after excuse, hmm. until finally, Paul talks about where the Spirit of the Lord apprehended him, he kind of apprehended me one day, and and made him kicking and pull and told me I needed to work with a bunch of boys. And as I began to do that, and, and, and at first I, I can almost say, not that I was just fired up about it, I just felt like I had to get the Lord off my back and I began to, to work with a bunch of young men. And then along the way, I had one of those wild, wow moments. Not that something great or spectacular happened, but I came into the realization. And I remembered one time saying, wow, God, you could use somebody like me in another person's life. And folks, my life changed then. See, that was the day that within my, my, my Christian life that, that, that I grew spiritually in a, in a tremendous way because I recognized then that I had been created for a purpose and God could use a guy even like me a guy that had a lot of warts in his life, a guy that had a lot of regrets in his life, but but now God could take a person like me and use me in the life of young men. And folks, I've never forgotten that because it was that day that I, I really realized that I wasn't a State Farm agent. My State Farm agent is something that just supported me to serve the Lord's business. And it so impacted my life that I realized this was just not a Johnny thing. This is about the body of Christ. And I I began to realize, and I've I've, I've understood this even as God had called me into the ministry, that our our church pews are filled every week all across the nation with many people who were just like me before this wow moment. You know, there are people that came to church for whatever reason. They might even be growing. They're going and being fed, but they've never taken that, never, net, that next step of saying, God, where do you want me to serve within the local church? And until you ever begin to find your purpose and begin you, every, God begins to allow you to bear fruit within your life, you're never going to have one of those wow moments like I had. And folks... I want you to eat of that fruit. Because when you begin to eat of that fruit and you begin to see the value that, 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 that you have in the family of God, it would never change your life. Your life will never be the same. That you are important to the kingdom of God. You're important to the body of Christ. You're important to, to, to people that are around you that God can use for you. And so therefore, this message today is just comes from a heart of testimony that, 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 th- that through the truth of, 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 the, of, of the day that I found myself in the bo- serving in the body of Christ, it, it made a tremendous change within my life, and I want the same thing to happen to you. I want you to be able to eat of that same fruit. I want you to have that wow moment. I want to hear your testimony. I want to see that... that, that That expression on your face when you finally realize God can use me. And that's what the Apostle Paul is addressing. We sang a song recently that where, you know, we want to be more like you, Jesus. You can never be more like Jesus Christ than when you are faithfully serving him. As a matter of fact, Jesus Christ said these words in Matthew, the 20th chapter, verse 28, he says, The Son of Man has come not to be ministered to, but to minister and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus Christ did not come on this earth so everyone could serve him. He came upon this earth in the flesh as an example for you and me so that he could serve you and me. And if Jesus Christ has done that, then where does that leave you and me? Jesus Christ, who is the King of Kings, He was the Lord of Lords. That He left, He left a, 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 a he, he left a throne by which the Bible says He set aside. He set aside some of His godly and and kingly rights. He came and to serve you and me to the point of even washing our feet and dying on Calvary for you and me. And folks, I can grant you that when we see Jesus Christ face to face, he will give his, us his testimony that, that in all of his deity, in all of his eternity, I guarantee you that was one of the most special times for him is when he had the opportunity to serve you and me in the flesh. So then where does that leave you and me? That we should be like Jesus Christ. You see, I, I wasted probably 12 years of my life. Yeah, I knew the Christ. I, I came to church. Sometimes I wanted to, sometimes I needed to be there. But it wasn't until I stepped out and said, God, where can you use someone like me that I found my place within the body of Christ? I'm I'm here today, again, to challenge you to think about those things. You may ask the question, why is it so important to find my my place of service? Why do I need to do that? I've given you testimony already is when you begin to do that, things will absolutely change in your life, that you'll find a a joy and a happiness that you've never had before. Because, folks, there's nothing greater than to know that God has used me to serve someone else. There's joy, there's fruit, there's, there's just something about that that I can lay it, it in the bed at night and think, wow, God, again, you use me, and there's the there's joy. And, and also when you begin to do that, you begin to grow in Christ. You begin to see the need that I, I need to grow so that I can do a better job of serving. And, and also that, that just that fulfillment. Folks, people live their lives. The great question of all philosophy is what is life all about? Why am I even here? I mean, that's a very honest philosophical question. Why am I even here on this earth? And you're not here by accident. You were here because a creator had created you that that, that knew you before the foundation of the world. And we're going to learn in just a minute that creator placed you here to fulfill purpose within your life. And the, and the most miserable people on this earth are those who never have come to that place where they've never found purpose. When you find yourself in your place in the body of Christ, you begin to discover that purpose. But you know, if I stopped right there, if I stopped and I said that the reason you need to do this is because um, it will bring you great joy, that it would bring you, help you in your personal growth, that it would bring you great fulfillment. In all reality, folks, that's pretty selfish stuff because that's all about you and I'm sad to say that I think that that's why many people darken the doors of our church today is is because they live a philosophy is what can the church do for me rather than what I can serve the Lord as a matter of fact we live in a day that that it's almost a cafeteria you know that if if we don't have a good enough programs and then you know it's not meeting my needs or my children's needs we're going to run down the street and go someplace else and and when they can find another church that can do that can meet their needs they run around folks we're a family. That when you commit yourself to the body, you need to commit yourself to the body. It's not about you, it's about serving the Lord. And, and um, I'm, I'm just being frank because that's the world that we live in. We, we, everybody wants to go where, where they, they feel that they can get more out of the trough without putting anything in. See, the real issue is, is, this, is these, these things, these things that I spoke to you. Are, are results of you doing that. But God even has a greater purpose because this is part of God's plan. It's to bring glory to God. And this is how God has, has set up his program so that, that, that we can meet or, or share the gospel with the world around us. And so why do, we, why do we need to find our place in the body of Christ besides of what it can do for me? And yes, that is a great benefit. But first of all, you have to understand what Paul is arguing here when he's even speaking about spiritual gifts. He's arguing the fact that, first of all, the local church is a body. He says that so very clearly in verses 12 through 14 when he said those words, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. He's saying that we're a body, dear friends. And I think that that's a beautiful metaphor the Apostle Paul uses in describing the church. Because one thing that he knows that we're familiar with as individuals, as people, is we all live within a body. We all have heads, we all have hands, we all have shoulders, we all have kidneys, we all have feet, we all, you know, we, we all have navels, we, we all have bodies. And that's what Paul was doing. It's something that we're very familiar with that teaches a deeper spiritual truth. That, that the Bible addresses the, the, the church of, of, of the living Christ as a body. And, and he emphasizes that we're, we're one body with many members. And we can understand that because, again, there's one body. When you think of me, or and I think of Wanda Sue, there's one person, but there's many members of Wanda Sue, again, between her, you know, her eyes, her hands, her legs, her nose, or her, um, her ears. There's, there's many parts of her. And, folks, that's how the church is. That we're one body. We're one body in Jesus Christ. He says, you know, there's, 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 there's one Lord, one God, one Spirit. And we're all part of that body. But we have many members. Where The church is not a location. It's not a, a, a group of people that's on a membership role somewhere. The church is, is a, a body of baptized believers who have been united together through the leading of the Holy Spirit to glorify Christ by faithfully serving Him in a lost and a dying world. God has brought the church together. He's brought us and baptized us into Christ so that we might serve Him of being the light into a lost and a dark world. I don't know about you, but that excites me. That God allows me to link arms with a, bunch, with a group of people who had the same heart, the same spirit of mind in Christ so that we can be about the work of Christ. Even thinking the idea that, that we are the body of Christ. Jesus Christ now, now lives eternally on the right hand side of God. There's still work to be done. And so therefore, you and me are his body. We are his hands. We are his feet to do the work of of sharing the gospel. One body in the position of Jesus Christ and, and for that purpose, for a purpose of serving him, but, but we have many members. He says there's there's, there's a, a diversity within us. As, as he said these particular words, For by one body we are all baptized in one body. For we are Jews or Gentiles, whether we bond or free, and have been made to drink in one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. And wow, are are we different. But we're all united because Christ is the headship. As a matter of fact, Paul uses this this metaphor again when he's speaking to the church of Ephesus, again, concerning spiritual gifts. And he, he again describes the church as a body. And, and listen to what he says in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse 15. He says, but speaking in truth and love, and that you might grow into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Christ is our head. And so first of all, we need to find our place in the in the body of Christ because we're, 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 we're one body in Christ. There's, we have one body, but many members. That's how you need to see the church. But also we need to understand that every member has a specific purpose within the body. L- listen to what he says when he, when he says these words, If the foot shall say, because I am not of the hand, I am not of the body, is therefore not the body. And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is therefore not of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing? Or if the whole were the hearing, where would be the smelling? But, but now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased him. Every one of us, when we become believers in Jesus Christ, there's general things that God has called us to. He's, first of all, has called every one of us to walk a life of holiness because he says, you need to be holy because I'm holy. You need to be my reflection. He's also called every one of us to to have a life of worship, that we're to worship him and we're to bring glory to his name. It's regardless who we are. These are all our responsibilities and that which we should do. We should all be a life of witness. We're all called to go share our faith. In Jesus Christ, every single one of us. And, and um, we're, we're to be just faithful to, to, to the Lord's church. We're faithful in His giving. We, we all have general, a general purpose that God's called us to. But also, dear friend, God has specifically gave every one of you a purpose. Every one of you. If you're here today and you say that you're a child of God, then when God, when God saved you, He saved you in to good works. God has a specific purpose for every single one of you. And it's that purpose for which you have been created. You've been created into good works. And and until you're fulfilling that purpose, then you're you're not living the life that God has created you for. You're not living the life for which Jesus died for you for. Wow. Wow. And then he describes, you know, there, there's, there, there's many of us. You got, you got, you know, some of us are hands or some of us are feet or some people are ears and some people are eyes. And again, in a, in a way that we can understand that. You see, God determines the purpose of every member. The Bible says he has placed them as he willed. And so that's not my business, that's God's business. And, and so I just have to begin to understand, God, what have you, how have you gifted me? How have you placed me? You're the one that's determined me there. See, this was the issue that was going on within the church of Corinth because different people have different abilities and different gifts, and some people were thinking they were more important than others. You know, I've always been, if you want to say, I've always been, I've, I've had a covetous heart from this one. I've coveted to be able to play the guitar like Eddie and sing like Eddie and Tonda. But you know what? God didn't give me those abilities. You know, I even tried it one time. I tried to take lessons, and the guy fired me. <laughs> he let me know. He says, you're wasting your time, and you're wasting my time. That's a straight-up guy, wasn't it? You know, I love, I, love, I love to sing. I love to, you know, I, I, I love to hear good singing. But, you know, I, I don't have the ability. I don't have the ear. I cannot distinguish different pitches at all. You know, and I could live my life pining away. Well, since I can't do that, then I can't serve the Lord anywhere. And so I, I'm just not going to do anything. Or it'd be very easy for for Eddie and and Tana because of their focus or John or Jeannie because of their abilities that, you know, hey, I'm more important than you because I have this gift that everybody can hear and see. Folks, we can't do that. Every member's important to the body. We'll, We'll look at that in just a moment. Because God has given me the abilities as he pleased. And, 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 and understanding that's God's business. As a matter of fact, when Paul speaks of the spiritual gifts, he says it this way. That's where we'll go back in verse 4. He said these words. He says, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are differences of administrations or ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations or activities, but as the same God which worketh in all. He says, there's, there's a lot of difference in how God uses people out there. He places them with different gifts. He gives them, you know, different opportunities ministries and ministries. And, but then he says in verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. It's, it's not about if God has given me a teaching gift or God has given me an encouragement gift. It's not about to show off myself. Look what, look what I am. He's given me my gift so that it will profit everyone else. And just like he's given your gift, it's not for your sake. It's that you might profit other people. And so there's no room for both accepting God because God's the one that's giving you this gift. And we are to bring glory to him. And that's where churches really get sideways is when, when, when we begin to worship people within the church rather than, than the God who created us. Oh, folks, be careful about that. We live in a, in a world today that is so entertainment dr- driven and it goes into the local church. And, and one of the things that we face is even as pastors today that um, you know, get out and try to do our job. And then there's some, some slick, you know, s- slick, very talented, gifted pastor or preacher that's on the TV. And you'd rather stay home and watch him because, because he's more eloquent. Folks, he's not at your hospital praying at your bedside. Or you're not bringing your hurting child to him. But we are so prone to celebrity today, and that's, that's what happens so much. Or we worship our, to be frank, let me, let me just be real frank with you. If we have a, a gospel um, singing tonight, there'll be more here people tonight to hear the singers than we will on a preaching Sunday night. And people will leave their church to go listen to somebody that they've heard on the radio. Folks, that's celebrity worship. I mean, how are you affecting your body when you're just running around trying to, the, the people that, 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 that you think that, that preach the best or sing the prettiest? When all in reality, God's the one that's giving that person the voice. To be frank with you, I, I, w- I, would, rather, I would rather listen to someone that, that, that can't hold a tune in the bucket that gets up and sings for Jesus rather than somebody that's trying to perform and impress us who, who they are. I, I'll just be very honest with you about that. But that's, that's how sideways, and that's what had happened in the church of Corinth. Paul was addressing those particular things. And, and Paul says, every one of us, there's a diversity of us. And every person has a specific purpose within that body. God has determined that, pop, that, that, that purpose for every member. And he, God's Spirit is the one that has gifted every member. And because of that, the next point is, is every member is important to the body. If you're a member of the body of Jesus Christ at Rayford Road Church, you are important. <laughs> You are important because God has gifted you and God has placed you here. You may not be the eye, but you may be the ear. You may not be the ear, but you're the the big toe. You may be part of that uncomely part, which Paul is speaking about as those unseemly, is, you know, the kidney that no one can seize. But, folks, you can't live without a kidney. You can't live without a liver. And, and, and you see, there's, there's parts within our own physical anatomy that, that you can't see. But they're more, more important than the, the outside of our anatomy that you can see. And so every one of you, if, if, you, if God has, has called you to salvation, then God has called you up to a purpose. And he's placed you here because he needs you here. To, that, that you can complete the body. And you need to understand that. Myself and Pastor Eddie and Pastor Nathaniel and, and, and Pastor Tommy, we all have roles, but folks, we're not import, more important than anybody else within this body. As a matter of fact, I, I, one thing that life will do, it will humble you, that I realize there's a lot of people out there amongst you that no one ever sees that you're making a whole lot more impact than I am. Because what God is doing through your life. See, and you're you're, you're touching people that I'll never even see. You're dealing with problems that I'll never even know about. But God is using you in a powerful way. And you're important to this body. There's people right now back in the nursery and the preschool that's given up worship service this morning so they can keep children. Folks, that's some important people to this body. And we, we need to recognize that. People that, that when, when we have a fellowship here, that, um, and boy, we all come and enjoy the fellowship, people that has worked all day long in the kitchen and getting things done so that we can come and have a fellowship and and we have our fellowship and there's going to be people on that ladies banquet when it's so busy around here there's going to be some people, there's going to be some women instead of sitting around the table they're going to be sitting in the back and they're going to be serving the other women and, 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 um, and even though no one even sees them and we don't have the banquet without those faithful people there's people that God has given the gift of, of giving, and, and because of that God has, has placed you in positions where you, 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 God has blessed you with, with an income and you recognize that God has, has blessed you because that way you can ministry through the church and every every, every nickel whether it comes. From a social security check or whether it comes from a a salary is important to the body of Christ. But God has given some people with the ability that, that they can that God can they can use God can use them to bless a lot of the ministry and a lot of people. You know, every person's important. Every person's important. And we need to understand that because God has created this body. He's put us here as His will. And also, we need to understand these words The body is no stronger than its weakest member. He says in verse 26 these words And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. And one member of the thoners, all the members rejoice with it. Because we're a body, dear friends, when one of our members hurt, we should all hurt. Or if one of our members is not fulfilling their purpose, it hurts the whole body. You know, again, what if... I used the term a while ago, my my kidney and What if my kidney just said one day, you know, hey, I'm not getting the attention. That uh, that ear that you have went to the doctor and spent all that money on recently, I'm not getting all that attention. So I'm just going to quit working. I die in a few weeks. And folks, we are only as strong as our weakest member. And we all have times, we all have seasons in our life that we may be going through weakness. That's why we need to... to, to build each other up is as well as, that's why also we need, we need to encourage and everyone needs to be a part. Or when one, there's, there's no room for jealousy because also when, when one member's honored, then the whole body's honored. We need to proud, you know, we need to be excited when people succeed. You know, we live in a world today that we're, je- you know, when, when we can't even applaud someone else's good fortunes because we're jealous of that person. Well, if there's somebody that, 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 that gets honored at Rayford Road Church, we all need to be happy for that person. And we need to rejoice with that person. That's a reflection on all of us. But it, being a member of the body does not rob us of our individuality. He said that very, very clearly when he said in verse 27, he says, and now you are a part of the body of Christ and members in particular. What he said, you know, you're all members of the body, but you're still... An individual. And that's what's so cool. I, I think that's what's so cool about Rayford Road Church. we got a lot of different individuals around here. I mean, we have people come from so many different backgrounds, it's just mind-boggling. And, um, you know, we, we, even got, we, we even got Brother Willard that grew up in the, in the north points of, um, uh, of Lake, Lake Michigan. I mean, I mean, he's a Yankees Yankee. <laughs> He 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 grew up about as far as you could grow up in, in in continental United States, and God's planted him here at Rayford Road Church. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you have much education. Some of you have barely any. Thank God for every one of you. Some of you grew up in 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 you know and... in. in, in a home of affluence. Some of you just grew up, I mean, literally, didn't get your first pair of shoes till you are in the sixth grade. Thank God for you. See, we're all individuals, but we're all part of the body, and that's what makes us so cool. We don't look alike, we have different ways of thinking on different subjects, and thank God for that. And um, but but yet we all have one thing in common. We have a we're in love with Jesus Christ, and so we all have our individuality. We should never lose that individuality, but we have to remember that we're all one body. We're all important, and so you may ask yourself then the next question because because we why should I find myself in the my find my purpose in the body of Christ because God has that's the way God has intended it. That's how God has has planted that we can take his gospel throughout the world. But how do I do that? How do I I make that transition to being a a, a pew setter or or someone that comes to church to someone that gets actively involved? So that I can begin to be obedient as a a member of the body of Christ as well as I begin to to find that fulfillment that, that God has promised me. First of all, you need to commit yourself. You need to commit yourself to finding your place of service. Maybe I'm just on my hobby horse today, or something. I get a little bit weary. Some well, no one's come, ever come to ask me, or nobody stepped out and 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 helped me. Folks, get a life and grow up. Take some responsibility. Don't wait for somebody to come to you. You get involved. I, we hear that all the time. And you know, you try to be sanctified in what you say. Well, bless your heart. But I want to say, just grow up. <laughs> grow up. Well, no one's come discipled me. Grow up. Go look for one. They might not even know you. You need to commit yourself to finding your place within the body of Christ. And don't be a victim recognizing that God has, has planted me within this body and I want to find out what I need to do. I guarantee you, if you want to throw a bone to the dogs, you come to one of the preachers and say, what can I do around here? Because one of our responsibilities is is, is stopping and examining and, and looking who people are.